This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, I don't want to start with this issue because this is, uh, this is a challenging one. Now, as you know, uh, medically assisted dying in Canada is now legal. Uh, I think we're still trying to navigate this, this new reality. What that means for patients, under what circumstances this is to be provided, what about for physicians themselves and making this decision or wanting to not be a part of something like this. Then there's the very difficult question of minors or so-called mature minors. Are they in a position to, to ever make this decision for themselves and should we even allow that in the first place? So there are consultations ongoing about that very question. It's expected that that will come back to Parliament at some point, uh, probably not until next year at the earliest. Now, the Canadian Pediatric Society uh, has uh, released a couple of uh, surveys to, to help, I think, move this conversation forward and outline where there's some potential concerns. So one of those surveys involves how many times Canadian pediatricians I've been asked about this or had conversations with patients and families about this or even received outright explicit requests for medically assisted dying. Uh, And then to also get a sense of how their membership feels about this very question. So I wanted to find out more about all of this. Joining us uh, on the line is Dr. Don Davies. She's chair of the Canadian Pediatric Society's Bioethics Committee. You can find out more, by the way, cps.ca. Uh, Dr. Davies, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, explain the status quo right now, because as I understand, uh, medically assisted dying is is legal for adults. There are some discussions about so-called mature minors. Where, Where are we at, though, right now? Right. So um, basically, Bill C-14 itself that allows medical assistance and dying in Canada for adults actually had as part of its preamble, um, basically a mandated uh, independent review of the issue of inclusion of mature minors at some future date, as well as a few other vulnerable groups. And um, so that has currently uh, been undertaken by the Council of Canadian Academies uh, to review the issue of of uh, mature minors inclusion in future legislation and that's due back to parliament in December 2018. Okay. Well, and, and does this in part stem from some concerns about that process or whether we're we're ignoring certain aspects of this conversation? I think so. Um, It it first uh, arose, and I was actually expecting it to arise as soon as the Carter versus Canada decision uh, came down in June of 2015, and that's actually when uh, the Bioethics Committee started working on this project. Um, But the reason is the mature minor uh, doctrine in Canada is is a usual... uh, 
I usually recognize legal concept whereby uh, somebody that is under the age of 18 but still has the ability to reason as an adult uh, sort of is allowed to make uh, their own decisions um, sort of commensurate with what their developmental uh, stage is at. Um, now, the more serious the outcome of that decision, though, the usually the more stringent and, and the more sort of um, diligent uh, people are in making the assessment of their capacity. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how that conversation got started. Right. And, and certainly we, we've seen cases in Canada involving so-called mature minors where, where we are talking about life and death decisions. Uh, refusing a potentially life-saving blood transfusion would, would be one example right. of that. Or chemotherapy for somebody right. that has you know been through a lot of chemotherapy. Yes, things like that. And so I think that, um, again, uh, other things weigh into it. So, yes, there is, does this person have capacity? Is their decision made voluntarily? But also in some provinces, there's also an overlay of sort of what is in the child's best interest. That's not present in every province. Um, But going back to your example of someone refusing a blood transfusion, if they were refusing a blood transfusion and had a very high likelihood of surviving into the long term, if they received it, then in some provinces, the best interest of the child comes into play as well. And that's Mm -hmm. why sometimes we've seen court cases in which um, they have said, yes, the child is capable to make their own decision, but it is not in the child's interest and they are mandated to have treatment as an example. And that would not happen for an adult. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about these two surveys then that the Canadian Pediatric Society has released. Uh, One of them dealing with uh, healthcare professionals and, and how often they've been approached about these issues. What does that serve? tell us. Right. So uh, that was done as part of the Canadian Pediatric Surveillance Program, and that's a partnership of the CPS with the, the Public Health Agency of Canada. Uh, we sent surveys out to almost 2,600 members and had a 40% response rate. And what we found was that um, basically the exploratory conversations that uh, patients and parents were having with their practitioners uh, came out almost five to one with uh, many more parents actually actually having these uh, conversations and making explicit requests compared to minors themselves. So what should we make of those numbers? Is that a surprisingly high high number? Uh, I think we need to keep in in context. So um, in terms of the overall numbers, we were talking about in terms of minor patients themselves, there was uh, 60 conversations for minor patients with 17 explicit requests. And for parents, it was much higher with 419 conversations uh, about particular patients and 91 explicit requests. So it sounds like a lot, but if you compare this to all the children in Canada that would have a serious illness, it really is still a relatively rare phenomenon okay. uh, in the first place. And uh, as to whether or not that surprised me, it really didn't because a lot of the really catastrophic things that can happen to an infant or a child's health happens early in their life um, at a point that they uh, are newborns or infants or young children. So the fact that it was parents speaking on behalf of their children really didn't surprise me. Right. And I mean, obviously, you can't get into specifics around these cases, but one can imagine that if, you know, if if parents are are at the point uh, of having these conversations or even the children themselves, we're obviously talking about um, children who are suffering, children perhaps then with with terminal conditions who, who want to end that suffering. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, and I think the really important point is, um, you know, I would never want it to be misunderstood that uh, parents are making this request because of their own self-interest. In fact, I think it is completely the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm regularly shocked how parents are able to withstand, uh, you know, the pain, suffering, and disruption to their own lives that they under undergo in taking care of, of some of these really fragile children. So. It is not self-serving. I think any conversation that I or any of my colleagues have ever had with a parent uh, are just really such an act of love on part on the part of the parent, but a parent who is just feeling so absolutely devastated by the suffering they're witnessing. And I guess I'd like to just take that opportunity to say that it really disturbs me that we're talking about medical assistance and dying for youth when so few uh, infants and children actually have access to good high-quality palliative care, especially in more rural and remote parts of Canada. Um, So it's also a plea, I think, from the Canadian Pediatric Society to better resource, um, and it's mostly human resources we need to take care of these children. Right, and I think that's an important point. I believe it's it's an area you work in yourself that uh, we, we think of palliative care. Uh, we, we don't typically associate it with with children. So, uh, right. is that not something that's that's widely available then? Uh, no, I would say it's um, something that's only developed. I was probably one of the few people in Canada 20 years ago when this started, in terms of being a physician working in the area. And it's not to say there's lots of fabulous physicians from family doctors to oncologists that do really good palliative care, but in terms of dedicated services, that this is the expertise. Um, there's usually just one or two people at every children's hospital in Canada, and that's it. In terms of how pediatricians uh, feel about this, this is the second survey uh, released by the Canadian Pediatric Society uh, that there is some some clear division among CPS members on on whether mature minors should, should have this option available. Yeah, and I think that I, that was unsurprising to me. So uh, we could say about half our membership was in support of including mature minors who have a terminal illness, but at the same time, a third of our membership thought that no minor should ever have medical assistance in dying regardless of circumstance. So I think that going forward with respect for all positions is really important. And as legislation may or may not evolve in the future, I think we also need to respect um, patients and families that make certain decisions and also health practitioners that choose to participate or not participate. Right. And I think that's an important point. So it's certainly the position of the CPS that a physician's right to participate or not participate in medically assisted dying should be respected. Absolutely. And protected. Yeah. Uh, and, and is it currently? Um, I, th- I think there generally is an, uh, an air of respect about that. I mean, you know, certainly some people um, are extremely vehement in their views one way or the other, but I think d- definitely as a society, uh, I think most of our members are, are quite respectful and, um, you know, willing to see and do see the issue from all sides. Okay, so you alluded earlier to this review that's underway, and that's supposed to wrap up by December of next year. Is that our understanding? Yes, that's correct. And then what, what, what happens after that? I think that's not really clear. Um, it will be presented in Parliament, and then it will be up for parliamentarians, I think, to, to review what the findings are and, and to take the next steps from there. All right. Well, we'll see where this all goes from here, but some important issues being raised. People can read more at cps.ca, the website of the Canadian Pediatric Society. Dr. Davies, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you very much.
Okay, that is Dr. Don Davies, chair of the Canadian Pediatric Society's Bioethics Committee. And so they want uh, to build some safeguards around this on, on both sides, regarding patients, regarding physicians as well. All right. A very difficult issue, clearly. 403-974-8255. So my understanding now is that this is, is not allowed. So I don't believe that this has, has happened anywhere. So according to what they found, so 35 pediatricians said they'd had exploratory discussions with a total of 60 patients under the age of 18 in the preceding year. Nine pediatricians received explicit requests for assisted death from a total of 17 minors. 118 pediatricians said they had had exploratory discussions about assisted death with the parents of sick children involving 419 kids in all. And 45 respondents said they'd received explicit requests from uh, parents total of, involving a total of 91 children. More than half of the requests involved a child under a year old. So regardless of where you come down to this question, I mean, it's a very tragic story because these are children who are dying, who are terminal, who are suffering. So that's what we're faced with. Our number here, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.